You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast about love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak, and privates, today I am taking you inside the peep show. That's right, I'm giving you a peep inside Coco's peep show, which is my OnlyFans account, and we are going to celebrate my OnlyFans anniversary, actually my three-year anniversary on OnlyFans. And it has been such a wild and crazy and fun and interesting and awesome ride. So I want to tell you all about what I have learned over these last three years as an OnlyFans creator, how much money I've made, some of my marketing tips, what I've learned about body love and self-love and all kinds of stuff like that. I am going to give you the entire rundown in today's episode. So let's get into it. All right. So Friday, August 11th was officially my three-year anniversary. And so I spent this whole weekend, this whole past weekend, catching up on my messages and reviewing dicks, honestly. (laughs) That is part of my job as an OnlyFans creator and one of my favorite parts, actually. So before we get into the nitty gritty of the dick reviews and how much money I made and stuff like that. Let me tell you about the how and why I started my OnlyFans. So let's rewind to the summer of 2020. It was the pandemic. I think there had been around that time, there was wildfires in Australia and this girl had done like an incredible campaign where she offered topless pics and she got a huge response and was able to make a ton of money for that relief effort. And I sort of saw that and clocked that and then, you know, went on with my life. And around that time, Sophia and I were planning a series for the podcast, Comedians of OnlyFans. There had been a lot of comedians that we knew or that were in our kind of cohort or periphery that had become OnlyFans creators. And we thought it was like a really interesting development. And I like to do my best to normalize sex work on this show. So we decided to do that series around the same time. And I did my own offer after seeing Sam Mowry, I believe. They did an offer of their own and are in the LA comedy scene. And I saw that and I was like, oh, I'm going to do one too. So I did an offer where it was like, if you donate at least, I think it was $25 to Black Lives Matter and send me the receipt. I was really strict about like, you had to send me the receipt and it had to be legit and like with your kind of name on it or whatever. And if you DM me that, I am going to send you a topless pick, which was basically like I would send everyone like a three pack. <laughs> and then I, and I did two rounds of that. So if they wanted to do it again, they could make another donation and I would send them another three pack. So I basically had like six picks involved in that. And I called it thirsting for justice. <laughs> like 
play off a thirst trap. And I made a spreadsheet to document all of this, which I still have the spreadsheet. And I'm looking at it right now. And I actually made $32,685 from my BLM campaign. And that was a shit ton of money. And it was it seriously took like a week or two of my life of just doing the administrative tasks of like <laughs> going back and forth with these people and, you know, making sure they were legit. And if they send me a bullshit receipt, I would send them back and be like, sorry, I can't honor that. And then some of them would come back. And it was like a whole negotiation with some people. And a lot of people were really cool about it and donated way more than they needed to. But yeah. This spreadsheet is hilarious. I literally have the handles of everyone that participated. <laughs> so I did that. It went awesome. I felt really good about raising over $32,000 because I never would have been able to donate that on my own. But the administration part of it was really becoming an issue. So it was just eating up all my time in a way that was unsustainable. But I kept getting requests for like, honestly, weeks. So... Finally, I was like, okay, I'm moving over to OnlyFans and I'm going to donate 10% from now on of my OnlyFans. And I did that for the first several months. I donated 10%. And that whole thing just made me realize in a way that I didn't know before that like, I guess there's like a market for my boobs <laughs> Because, I mean, my account is pretty tame. It's Playboy style. It's lingerie. It's bikinis. It's topless. You know, and I I have been upfront about that from the beginning. But it made me realize, you know, I was in my late 30s. I didn't think anyone was going to be that interested. And I was blown away by the response. It was very flattering. And like I said, I was really happy to be able to help that cause. And then eventually it just became like, oh, I, I need money too. And this is a great way to make money. And I just loved doing the photo shoots, but there were expenses involved in doing the photo shoots. So I kept going with it basically. But I have always been obsessed with pinup style photography. I think it's super hot and I'm an exhibitionist. So OnlyFans was the perfect outlet for me. And I'm in a monogamous relationship for the most part, aside from my Tokyo happy ending massage, which you may have heard about on this podcast. But for the most part, we're monogamous. And I like that. I'm very happy with my partner and monogamy feels right for us. But I'm still an exhibitionist and I still love the validation of people loving my body. And I have very much loved this outlet and it's been awesome to have it for my sexuality, like on the side while I'm in this very happy relationship. I love being visually consumed and appreciated and validated. So it's like the perfect match. And my partner has been fucking awesome. He's so not jealous or threatened about it. He's just been really cool and supportive. And that makes me feel even more positive about our relationship. Like it makes me trust him even more. And that's the same way I felt about the Tokyo happy ending massage. And I don't know, you know, sometimes you do things that are just like on the edge that are kind of like monogamish. 
and they can still give you that same poly appreciation for your partner. You know, not everybody would be like, yeah, my girlfriend does that and I'm, you know, not threatened at all. <laughs> like most people might have a little bit of a like, what? But he's awesome. So it's so not an issue. And like I said, I love doing these photo shoots. That's probably my favorite part is the exhibitionism and the validation, but it's also an outlet for performance that I used to have as an actor, but I don't really get to have as a writer anymore. And so I've developed some fabulous relationships with photographers and doing these shoots over the course of the last three years, I've become like buddies with some of them. I want to shout out Ian Spanier in particular. He has been so clutch as a photographer on this OnlyFans adventure. We have actually done seven photo shoots together. A bunch of really cool stuff in the studio. We've shot at several different studios. And then on Friday, on my three-year anniversary, actually, we shot at the beach in Malibu. And it was so fucking fun. I mean, we just did it because it was time to get some more new content, but I thought it was so perfectly timed that it was on the anniversary. So he's been amazing. And there have been probably five or six other photographers that I have shot with during this time who have been amazing to create content with. And I'm so grateful for those people. Another thing about the photo shoots that I really appreciate is prepping for the photo shoots is such a good like self-care reminder for me. I make sure I'm in shape, which I usually do anyway. I'm very consistent about my working out and exercise routine, but knowing that I have a photo shoot on the calendar and it's like a few weeks away or whatever, I usually like kick my routine into high gear and if I've been feeling lazy recently, it's definitely a good kick in the butt. And it especially helped to motivate me to work out during the pandemic, which I think we all know how slovenly <laughs> that could get sometimes. One big thing that I learned doing OnlyFans is the importance of sticking to your boundaries. I want to underline that so hard because I'm actually going to put in the episode description my referral link. Like if you want to try to do OnlyFans yourself, use my link. I would very much appreciate that. I would love to refer you. But with the caveat that you need to stick to your boundaries. I am super comfortable with everything I've done so far, which is pretty much all topless and bikini and lingerie content. Basically the kind of stuff you would find in Playboy or Victoria's Secret. And I've also done some customs and PBV pay-per-view content, but not as much as most creators. And for things like that, I usually do like shower content or maybe like a strip tease, which is a little more intimate because it's video, but still within my boundaries. And I think there's definitely, from what I've seen just with the creators that I know and the interviews that I've done, I think there's more internal conflict for creators who don't stick to their boundaries. And I totally get the temptation of testing your boundaries because there's money involved and it can be an easy way to make money sometimes. And, you know, occasionally you have a big bill that you need to pay or something like that. And so there are dueling interests, you know, it's like your boundaries against these other pressing money things. 
But the more that you can stay within your predetermined boundaries, I think the better you're going to feel about the whole experience in the long run. If you become an OnlyFans creator, that is probably my number one tip. Hey, privates. Boo, boo, privates with penises. I'm talking to you. (laughs) Our sponsor, Fleshlight, can help you reach new heights with your self-pleasure. And that is because Fleshlight is the number one selling male sex toy in the world. And they don't just leave you hanging over there. At Fleshlight, you can explore sex toys with expert guides and advice, especially if you're a beginner or you're looking to level up. If you have been listening to the show for a while, you know how I feel about self-pleasure. And it is very, very good. And I definitely endorse using sex toys. I have a lot of fun with sex toys myself. So with the Fleshlight Girls series, you can embrace your wildest porn star fantasies with a different porn actress every night. What? With the variety of models, sensations, and intensities, you can live out limitless fantasies. And you can automate your fantasies with a universal launch that fits most Fleshlight products. With its innovative touch control system, just set the controls, sit back, and enjoy. And you have pleasure right in your hands. Your pleasure is in your complete control. And as the ultimate male pleasure device on the market, it's as versatile as you are. Anatomical, stamina building, vibrating, or made for couples, you name it. You define your luxury moment. And I just want to say, if you have any shame around sex toys, please don't. It is so much better than being weird with girls because you feel kind of desperate or whatever. Fleshlight just allows you to chill out, wait for the right girl when she comes, and in the meantime, you know you are going to be getting yours and having a good time. So you don't even have to sweat it. And right now, Fleshlight is offering Private Parts Unknown listeners 10% off your order with our code PRIVATE10. So you just go to ppupod.com. That's the website, ppupod.com. You click Fleshlight and you use the promo code PRIVATE10 to get 10% off your delicious new device. Again, that is ppupod.com and enter code PRIVATE10. And it really helps support the show. It helps support yourself and your own sex drive. So go ahead and use the link in the episode description. We can all be horny together. We can keep this podcast going. So get yourself a flashlight and get yourself off. One thing that I absolutely love to do that I've discovered from doing OnlyFans is dick reviews. I freaking love doing dick reviews. Right now I do dick reviews for $20 and I treat dick reviews like a work of art. I only do them in writing. So basically you send a $20 tip and a dick pic and I will send back a paragraph review of your dick, but I take it super seriously. I will say my turnaround time, okay, you know, for some people has not been that fast, but the feedback, even when it has been like a ridiculously long wait time is that it's been worth it. I have not had any unsatisfied customers so far. Usually people are thrilled because it is like a work of art. So if you want a dick review, you should get one because my hope and goal is that I'm going to be a best-selling author in the near future. And I think it's really cool that people can buy this sort of keepsake from me. <laughs> like this might be a dick review from a best-selling author. 
I mean, just saying. Anyway, I am all caught up on my dick reviews now. My goal for this weekend was to go through and catch up on that. So if you are in the market for a dick review, now is a really great time to subscribe and order one. And it would be my absolute pleasure to review your dick. I've even gotten a few returning customers for the dick reviews. They just sent me another pic of their dick. Like, <laughs> you know, a couple months later, they'll be like, hey, can you do that again? So anyway, I love that. Um, in terms of new developments, I got accepted by Playboy about a month ago, which has honestly been like a long-term dream of mine. My goal is to become a legit bunny and like do events for them. And I would love to shoot for their lingerie brand, Honey Burdette, and just become part of their modeling squad. So I'm currently trying to figure out how to do that and like setting up a little bit more of a presence on Playboy. So that is another place you can follow me. I'm going to put the links to both my OnlyFans and my Playboy account in the episode description. On Playboy, you can actually just follow for free and you will still get access to some of the photos. So if you don't have a lot of money, but you still want to support, that's a great way to do it. So one interesting thing about OnlyFans that I have learned from this experience is that I don't have to feel great about my body for other people to appreciate it. Like I have my preferred weight, but even when I'm on my heavier end of my normal range, my fans don't seem to care or even notice. And that's taught me to love my own body even when I'm not at my perfect weight. So it's just taught me to chill out a little bit more about that, which is really good for me. This is kind of an odd association, but when my grandma passed away like seven years ago now, I got to be there like when she was crossing over. And I remember looking at her legs and just thinking they look so young and beautiful, even though she was 88. And it just made me realize sometimes we're so hard on these bodies, even though they're so incredible and they keep us alive and they carry us around and they allow us to do really cool shit. And they're way more gorgeous than we give them credit for. And it just made me realize like, if you want to do this, just go for it. Just do it. So I did some shoots right after that, just kind of like for my Instagram and my own pleasure. And I made a calendar for my boyfriend and stuff like that. I've always, you know, I was shooting this kind of stuff when I was in college. So I've always kind of been into it. And OnlyFans just gave me a, a really good outlet for it. I've also really gained a new appreciation for my boobs. I like love my boobs and they're natural and we live in such this airbrushed plastic society. There's so much pressure for perfection that even with my like pretty symmetrical C-cuffs, I have been tempted to get a boob job before, just being totally honest about that. So of course I understand why people get plastic surgery and I think adults should be able to do whatever they want with their bodies. So this is no judgment. To me, it is totally fine as long as you interrogate your goals and your motivations and you're honest with yourself about the procedure and you try to be as safe as possible. But doing OnlyFans has given me this awesome appreciation for my body and for my boobs. <laughs> and on the other side of that spectrum, 
it's really reinforced that my feet are ugly. <laughs> They're so ugly. There's a site called WikiFeet, and I have gotten a total of eight votes <laughs> on WikiFeet. One for beautiful, and then there's nice. I got zero votes for nice. Six votes for okay. <laughs> zero votes for bad and one vote for straight up ugly. So my overall rating is like a 3.5 or something on wiki feet. And I think that's fair enough. Like my feet are not cute. One of my toes is kind of fucked up. <laughs> so I just think that's funny. Like I am not your girl. If you have a foot fetish, a couple of people have been wanting me to make customs, you know, where my feet is the star. And I'm like, I don't think you want me to do that. Like, they're not that cute. I just want to be totally transparent with you. But, you know, there are plenty of OnlyVans creators who make bank off their sexy feet and toes. And some people just have accounts for their feet. But yeah, it's not an attractive part of my body. And I'm self-aware about it. I don't care. I'm fine. It could be worse. But I have gotten to a place where I'm like, yeah, that's not my best feature. <laughs> and it is pretty rare for people to ask for feet customs, aside from a couple folks. And I don't really offer them because I like to feel good about my content. So I'm not trying to push ugly feet content. <laughs> and yeah, another big takeaway for me is that when I started, I was self-conscious about my age. I must have been 36 when I started because it's my three-year anniversary and I'm 39 now. And I honestly feel like as hot as I ever have at this stage. And at one point I thought like, oh, I'm definitely going to need to retire at 40. And my, my 40th birthday is soon coming up and I do not feel the need to retire anymore. And none of my fans has ever made a negative comment about my age, which I love. Thank you so much, horn dogs. And it's just been such a refreshing reminder that age is just a number. It's like about your attitude, about your energy. And, you know, you can keep yourself looking good for a long time. And yeah, I just said horn dogs. And that is what I call my fans on OnlyFans. I absolutely love my horn dogs. I am so grateful for these subscribers. Most of them are men, but I've had some really cool women subscribe too. And I'm just honored that they want to spend their money with me and their time with me and just be part of my orbit. So thank you, thank you, thank you, horn dogs. And I think all of this really stems out of I've always had a little bit of an instinct for sex work and a curiosity. I was a hostess at a strip club. In college, I got paid to kick this guy in the balls I did a Craigslist massage one time. Like I've been a dabbler and this gave me a chance to do some more. And I just, I really love the world as you can probably tell from my podcast interviews and the subjects that I like to focus on. Like I really think that we need to normalize it more. And, you know, I, I don't know, people could argue probably both ways, but I think just being a person who's out about my own participation in it makes it seem 
a little closer to home for at least people in my life. And so I hope that helps the entire perception of it in my own little way. As I said, I started this the summer of 2020, August 11th, basically 2020. I was on a road trip back home to visit my family and it was like five months into the pandemic. We were doing our Comedians of OnlyFans series. I think we'd done one interview so far. And in that first interview, I remember being like, oh my God, I got to do this. And then before we even recorded the second interview... I had signed up on this trip and was fully in it and was also a comedian of OnlyFans. (laughs) So if you are interested in checking out that series, I'm going to put a link in the description for that. And you know what's funny about that trip is I stopped and I stayed with an ex-boyfriend just on his couch for the night as I went through Colorado And he like openly slut shamed me. He was like, oh, I'm so glad we're not together anymore. It's so you to do something like this. And I was like, you asshole. I'm glad we're not together anymore too. Like Wade is totally cool with it. So anyway, there was that. And then I guess the other big topics are marketing and money. So in terms of marketing, I was kind of as out about it as I could be on social media that I try to sort of walk the line. Like I don't want my social media accounts to just be about OnlyFans because I feel like that's kind of distracting from my other work. So I do promote my OnlyFans page and my Playboy page on there sometimes, but I definitely just try to like sprinkle it in and keep writing and podcasting kind of front and center. And that's just for me, that's because of like my other career goals, which I've been working on for a long time and and really just trying not to distract from that too much. But, you know, I have had it where like I need it as a source of income. So it's a little bit of a push pull, but Twitter is definitely easier to promote on. You can like include the link. You have to be a little bit more careful on Instagram. I tried Reddit a little bit, but the problem is you have to build up so much karma to be able to post. I think it does work, the Reddit promo, but you have to really like spend a lot of time on there before you get a payoff. And so that's not exactly right for me. I really try to promote it on podcasts, on my own podcast, when I guest on other podcasts. And that has been the best thing for me, I guess, probably because that is like where most of my platform is, is through podcasting. So it kind of makes sense. I think as far as marketing going forward and how I can do it better is just like, I split up my accounts and I also have a Coco Peep Show Instagram. And I think if I invest a little bit more time on that account and really like post the tamer stuff on there and try to build that following where it's like just that kind of content that might help. And also maybe doing some more sexy reels. I feel like if I shot specific stuff for that page, that might help or just shooting reels content for my main Courtney Kosak Instagram that was a little like cheeky would help. 
I'm hoping maybe I'll get reposted by Playboy and I can start to really build my audience over there. I love OnlyFans though, and I'm established over there. So I'm not really wanting to move anyone over from there yet. For now, I am very happy on OnlyFans and I hope to grow my Playboy account kind of like separately alongside it. But I am putting up my content on both. And like I said, there's a free option where you get some of the tamer stuff on Playboy. So if you are wanting to support, you can follow me that way. Money-wise, I know <laughs> I know a bunch of you are going to be wondering about the money. So let me give you that. So as of this recording, I have 238 fans on OnlyFans. It's definitely gone up and down. I had like in the hundreds for a long time at the beginning. At my lowest point, it was maybe like 60 some. And then it shot up to 400 and some for a while. And now it's kind of leveled out at this 238-ish number. And I would love to get back up to like 300. But another way that I plan to grow moving forward is to do more PPV content, pay-per-view. And I also really want to do more dick reviews. So like I said, if you are in the market for a dick review, you want to know what people are thinking about your dick, I will be happy to fill you in. So head on over to OnlyFans.com slash Coco Peep Show and tip me $20 in the DMs and send me your dick pic and I will give you a review. So just pulling up my statistics, my all-time money that I have made is I made just shy of 30000 gross. So right now, I'm actually recording this on Sunday the 13th, so like a couple days after the anniversary. So it's maybe like $100 off, but I am at... $29,806 gross for the three years. So basically almost 30K. And then OnlyFans takes 20%. So my net is 23839 net. And of course, I've got some expenses for the photo shoots and beauty stuff that's associated and I would love to grow that number. Like I said, I want to do more PPV. I want to do more dick reviews. My biggest month was $2,331. That's my only month over $2,000, which felt so good. I also had seven months that were in the $1,000 to $2,000 range. And I'm on target for another one of those months. So I should do that again in August. And basically the last six months have been really steady for me and have been like, that's how I've made a bunch of my money. I've been posting daily on there and just trying to maintain it better than ever before. And so I've really been able to like maintain my numbers a little bit better. My lowest month or months actually, were directly preceding that. I had five months that were not so good right before I started making money again and taking it a little more seriously. And my lowest of those was 160. So not very much on that month. 
And I really don't want to go back down there. I would love to do this for the next three years, really. I mean, depending on where I am with all my other career stuff, like if I get super busy, I don't know if I'll be able to. But I really, really love doing it. I love, like I said, having the outlet. And I hope I get a chance to keep making this content. I hope it keeps getting better. I love it over there. And I've learned a lot and learned a lot of actually really good lessons, maybe some unexpected lessons. So that is it for my three-year anniversary episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, I'm going to drop a bunch of links. I'm going to drop the links to my referral link. If you want to start an OnlyFans account, please use that link and I get a little kickback. If you want to subscribe to my OnlyFans, I would be thrilled to have you as a horn dog. So there's going to be a link for that in the episode description. And I'm also going to drop a link for my Playboy account and the Comedians of OnlyFans series. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to this episode of Private Parts Unknown. You know, a lot of times I hear from my horn dogs that they listen to the podcast, and I love that. It is such a great way to support this show. If you are interested in a Playboy style peek behind the podcast, it is onlyfans.com slash Coco Peep Show. Again, onlyfans.com slash Coco Peep Show. Thank you for your support. It's a very horny way to support the show and I love it. And stay tuned right here. We are in the midst of hot pod summer. So I've got another sexy episode coming your way next week. For all the latest episodes, look down and make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast player now. And to stay in touch between episodes, follow me at Courtney Kosak. That is K-O-C-A-K on Twitter and Instagram. And follow the show at Private Parts Unknown on Instagram and at Private Parts Un on Twitter. And of course, subscribe to our newsletter. It is privatepartsunknown.substack.com. There is a link in the episode description for that. And the Private Parts Unknown YouTube channel has been resurrected. There are new videos with Gigi Ingle, Dr. Amir Marashi, Malta Amory, and now Antonia Crane on the channel. So make sure you check that out. It's youtube.com slash privatepartsunknown. Again, youtube.com slash privatepartsunknown. And make sure you subscribe, even if you are planning to listen to the podcast instead of watch. It really helps us out in the algorithm. And shout out to Amy Rausch for the bomb-ass theme music. For more info about Amy and her music, check out amyrausch.com. That's Amy, R-A-A-S-C-H.com. This episode was mixed by my ride-or-die audio guy, Michael Castaneda of Plastic Audio. And after enjoying this content, could we ask you for a quick favor? Just go to ratethispodcast.com slash private and give us a five-star rating and review. We are trying to hit some rating and review goals. We are currently at 275 ratings on Apple Podcasts, and we are at 104 ratings on Spotify. So you can help us hit our goals. We are trying to actually get to 350 on Apple Podcasts this summer. We are so far away, and you can help us by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or help us get to 150 on Spotify. 
And you can do that by going to ratethispodcast.com slash private. Or if you're listening on Spotify, you just go to the upper left-hand corner of our page, click the star button, and then click all five stars. And one more thing, there is a new way you can help support the show. We are now on the Fountain app. So if you are listening on a V4V platform and you get value from this show, you can support us by sending a boostogram. You can even send us a comment along with your boost. And those are my favorite because they come with a little bit of money. Thank you so much for listening until the end. Until next time, stay curious and keep exploring. Love you, privates.